Welcome to the Brazilian Zook No Cap Podcast with your host, Archie, Ifosa, Jesse, Amber, and Jamie L, where we discuss all things Brazilian Zook honestly and from our perspective collectively and personally. So go ahead and grab you something to drink, grab you something to eat, turn this up, and let's hop into this next episode. Like what you do at the beginning of everything. Okay. What's up, y'all? This is Amber, and you're listening to the Brazilian Zook No Cap Podcast. Today we have Archie, yo, yo. Jamil, Jesse, hey. and Ifosa. Hey. And the topic today is gossip. Oh my gosh. It's Ooh. going down. <laughs> It is tea time, everybody. Oh, my gosh. This is going to be a funny one. Now, personally, I'm a fan of gossip. I'm in a lot of group chats. And some I talk, some I don't talk. I just watch. But my nickname in these group chats are TMZ Reporter, uh, The Tea Collector. (laughs) Now, gossip, I feel like gossip is not necessarily a bad thing, especially for women in the dance scene, because, you know, we got to watch your back for the, you know, the problematic men in the scene. So this is, for me, that's one of the best uses of gossip, in my opinion. Also, as a, a DJ, you know, organizers gossip too. They ask me, hey, what do you feel about so-and-so set? Or how do you feel like so-and-so is a DJ? You know, I give my opinion. That technically counts as gossip. So what do y'all think? I guess my first question, hold on. I'm going to ask a question first so we can kind of get on the same page. And when it comes to gossip is what would your definition of gossip actually be? Because I feel like hearing people talk about it or even hearing you guys talk about it after we hit record and before... In my head, whenever you say certain things, I'm like, I don't know if that's gossip. That might just be like gathering information or it's like, oh, I don't know if that's gossip. That might just literally be you talking about something. So I guess like figuring out like what the definition of gossip is and then kind of going from there. Should we go to the official definition or? I actually have it. I have it pulled up on my phone right now because I was (laughs) Okay, go ahead and hit us with the Webster. So the noun, the noun definition is idle talk or rumor, especially about the personal or private affairs of others. The verb with uh, used without an object, gossiped, uh, gossiping, gossiping, to talk idly, especially about the affairs of others, to basically be like a tattletale is what it says in the dictionary, not what Archie says. And then there's another version of a verb where you're using an object and it is, uh, but oh, that one doesn't matter. So we'll just use the other one. So the noun version is talking a rumor or idle, uh, idle talk about someone's private affairs that aren't public. And then the verb is you doing that and talking about them. So that's what the, di- that's what the, the definition says in the dictionary. I'll go ahead and go first. I feel like gossip is anything 
that you are sharing with another person that you cannot back up with solid receipts. So solid proof, like it has to be like straight facts, like no opinion, or it has to be like straight facts, no opinions given. Like you have to have receipts for it to not be considered gossip to me. Otherwise I'm taking it as like, this is tea that somebody told me and I can't substantiate what I heard. Gotcha. So it's not like a fact. Can we, exactly. It can't be proven. Okay, gotcha. Can we break down what T means for our <laughs> non-black <laughs> um, Okay. So I feel like T is just like something you saw, something you observed, maybe something, yeah, just something that you observed that you are now sharing, right? It's just sharing things that you've seen, heard, that is going on. It's gossip, basically. Bon chiche, the bon chiche. Gossip. Chisme. The chisme. <laughs> I agree with that. And I would, I would, I don't know in my head how I've always thought of gossip is it's something that's private, that's not public, but also is it still gossip if you would be willing to say it to the person's face? Like, for example, if I heard something about Jesse and then I was telling Ifosa, am I gossiping about her? If he's like, well, let's talk to her. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want to talk to her about it. That would be gossip. Or is it still gossip if I'm like, I'll tell it to her face. I don't care. Is that still gossip? I feel like your definition kind of takes it in a negative light. Like it has an inherited, like, this is something that should be like kept in the shadows because it's dirty and nobody, like this person shouldn't hear it. Whereas I feel like mine's was a little bit more general. Like gossip isn't always bad, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think gossip it can be, it can be used for, for good and evil. Right. Like, <laughs> like you can, you know, have it in, in the sense that Archie was just saying and, you know, like kind of you don't you, it's a thing that you heard and you don't necessarily want to say it to that person. But you do talk about it behind their back. Like so that's a little bit, you know, one of the evil uses for it. But then, yes, like Jesse was saying, you know, there's uh, gossip that can be used for a lot of good in terms of just making people aware of the going, the possible goings ons, you know, like this is a thing that you might want to keep your head on the swivel for. So, you know, yeah, you could, you could, you could bring that to the person at the sub, at the center of this, you know, the the chisme, or you can maybe just kind of take that knowledge and just put it in your brain box and be like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna keep a lookout for that, you know, kind of deal. And then I think it also does help a lot of people keep a lookout for unsavory actors <laughs> in the scene. I'll say. You know, people that could be, could have, have, have been known to do some things in the past. So be like, I'm gonna keep my eyeball, keep my eye on that person. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or, or, you know, or maybe you can like go to, go to like an organizer with some certain information and be like, Hey, I heard this. Like, maybe we want to do something about it or I don't know, you know, investigate it. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But it's good. It can be used for good and evil. I think. Let me give you an example that maybe is outside of dance that I would consider gossip. Yeah. Um, so if you are black and you live in the South, you know what a sun, sundown town is. Sundown towns are basically towns that are not safe for black people after the sun goes down. Like black people must exit. And when our grandparents were growing up, there were whole books published letting black people know which towns were sundown towns, which ones were safe for them and which ones were not. They no longer publish these books. However, I noticed that as soon as I moved to Texas, there were Black people reaching out mm. to me to let me know, hey, these towns are sundown towns. Like, make sure you leave this area before dark just so that you stay safe. This happened, like, 
a couple of years ago. I moved to Texas a couple of years ago. So it's not something that's maybe publicly known. I mean, in some sense, right? There's a group of people that yeah. know, don't go into this town after dark, but it's not necessarily spoken about widely because it might make people feel uncomfortable, but it is also information that's being passed along that maybe doesn't have any proof or receipts, but I'm gonna still trust it, you know? That to me is yeah. gossip, but gossip for safety. Yeah, there's a there's a place like that actually in Maryland, uh, Bel Bel Air, Maryland. So like, if you're heading if you're heading towards the Baltimore the Harbor Tunnel, right? If you're up if you're heading towards that direction, that that general Carroll County area, um, which is just before you get to Baltimore, like the city, is it was traditionally known as a sundown town back in the day, and and we still talk about it now. Like me and my my black coworkers and everything like that will still. Be like, yeah, it's still like there's some still some KKK meetings going on up that way, basically. So like it would be talked about amongst, you know, the black folk, you know, as basically for safety. Like it's, it's yeah. So that kind of basically exactly is just like you're saying, Jesse. That's like a kind of a rumor, but it was a thing for real back in the day. But like you're still talking about it now as a right. you know way to keep everybody safe. I mean, all the points have been said, so I don't really need to add on too much or anything like that i do think um gossip is a i do think gossip is a necessary thing especially when it comes to dealing with people or large groups of people just because there there sometimes needs to be preventative measures or just like measures in which you could observe certain actions before it may take place whether it's true or not just being on guard and like wondering, okay, is this about to happen? Or because to me, the one of the worst things that happens in this scene is the fact that we get caught lacking. It's usually we deal with things after the fact rather than, all right, let's see what's going to happen before it ha- before it happens. And yeah, maybe there might be a better way of dealing with things, but I, hey, I rather know that we've dealt with this or we've started to observe this rather than hey another shit has happened here which yeah. as you can see um a lot of events is what usually tends to be the case it's usually after the fact right and then before yeah. I saw it. so i i think especially when it comes to like you know protecting our women or just letting people know um hey this person is kind of dangerous as a dancer like just speaking generally too, like, hey, this person, they injured my shoulder. Hey, be careful when you dance with them or whatever. Just getting that type of information so that people are re- can already prep them their minds for that situation if it if it occurs, whether it not, does or doesn't. To me, I think that's helpful. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, continuing on with that definition, because it, like in my head, in the especially in the past, I've seen, like, I've seen gossip tear families apart. You know, I've seen gossip be really bad. And a lot of times it hasn't, like, what y'all are describing to me, and I'm not going to stay on too long so that way we can continue on, but what y'all are describing to me is, like, dope information being relayed that needs to be heard or, like, stuff like that, protection type stuff. And in my head, gossip, a large majority of it has always been, like, whether it come from like jealousy or like just like blatant lies about people that aren't true. So, but carrying on with the definition that it is something that can be used to spread awareness. I think that 
within the scene, it still has to be handled good. You know what I'm saying? It has to be handled carefully. Um, but okay, mm-hmm. gotcha. Yeah, because because the court of the court of public opinion, uh, right? Like people can be. <laughs> you know, raked over the coals real quickly off of a, off of a rumor, you know, and like you said, families can be torn apart and people's dance lives or lives in general can be kind of, you know, messed up pretty quickly. Like, like, yeah, ideally in the world, we want people to be innocent until proven guilty, but that's not how the court of public opinion works, unfortunately. It is. And, and I think it's important to state that like in dance, 90% of what you're trading on is your reputation, right? Your reputation as a DJ, your reputation as a dancer, your reputation in demos, how you treat people at festivals. Like even organizers are asking like, oh, how was it to work with this person? Like, or is it easy to like negotiate with them? Like it's so much your reputation. And so having a ding put on your reputation, um, true or untrue, can be a make it or break it moment. And the dance scene has a very long memory. Like people will bring up stuff from like, 2010 so having something either good or bad put on your reputation that sticks with you for sure and affects your ability to move through the scene no 100 percent, 100 percent. so with that being said what are some or i guess i don't i'm don't name specific situations unless y'all feel like it <laughs> uh, but what i'm gonna ask is what are some situations where you feel like it has helped the scene a whole lot like not specific ones but just like things that i guess to kind of get the, get the ball going like generally like oh man like if it wasn't for us communicating about this then this wouldn't have happened or blah 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 in type of situations i think that professionally like for organizers it helps them determine who to hire so on the positive side it can be like well i don't know if you've heard of this person i don't know if you've seen them before but if you have them, seen them, like, check it out. I'm going to send you one of their demos, like, that sort of thing. I feel like I've seen it firsthand get people hired and really um, improve their career. So being able to vouch for somebody, that's pretty cool. But also, on the other hand, if you've acted a fool at somebody's Congress that they hired you for, like, you tore apart a room, you were rude to attendee, like, it was difficult to get you to classes on time, like, that sort of stuff, that is also gossip. <laughs> That Bro, that'd be so crazy to me when I be hearing these stories about these dance teachers that be late for classes mm-hmm. or like tearing up hotel mm-hmm. rooms. Like um DJs showing up drunk to the set, DJs missing mm. a set, DJs mm. always having technical problems, missing their flight, DJs leaving the event to go have threesomes and Bruh. come back and missing their <laughs> set. <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> uh remember that event kizomba event in ohio a very popular eu dj went mia i know you know what i'm talking about jesse we gonna have to talk anyway yeah i mean oh man organizers need to know this. they need to know they need to know they the do. information because it's a lot of money no, to for fly sure. people out. A hundred percent. And it's crazy because I, I remember whenever I first started getting hired for like the organize a lot of organizers weren't making the people that they were hiring put the security deposit down. They would do it. And then I just remember maybe a few years in, more organizers started not doing it. And I was they I would show up and they'd be like, We just need your card for the incidentals. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. 
and he's like, we need your card so we can put the card down for the incidentals. And I was like, the organizer should have covered it. Oh, yeah, they covered the whole room, but you got to put the security deposit down. It'll go back to your card. And so I did it. But I just remember talking to all of them and then being like, yeah, we just had situations. It's not like personal, but we just had business situations where people just like do not do good by us in the rooms and we end up having to pay the money. And I'm just like, this is ridiculous, bro. But that's 100 percent stuff that they need to know about so that they don't hire. And then also they should be asking people about it. Yeah, 100 percent. It's a lot of money investment in the festivals. And I know there's a lot of people that transition to dance from their hobby into a profession. And I think some of them really forget that this is a job. This is a job you are showing up for. You cannot be acting this way. So yep. definitely saves a lot of time on the organizer's part and frustration because they already got a million things on their plate. They don't need to be worrying about people showing up to do their jobs. For sure. Yeah, I mean, in terms of also just dealing with artists as well, uh, you know, on, from the artist perspective, you guys know the DJs, but like, uh, you know, I'm not an organizer, but like, I'd be hearing stuff about you know, certain artists and whatnot. And I think it can can help like certain organizers, like kind of help curate their events and tailor it towards a more safer side for their, their Congress goers, because like, you know, you don't want to put people at risk in general like, to have them being around certain uh, unsavory actors <laughs> as, I've, as a term. That's my favorite term right now is unsavory actors, you know, but <laughs> I, I mean, and, and that could that could help that that organizer in the long run. Like, oh, this person, these people are very cognizant about like just the safety of their festival goers and whatnot. So for sure. And on the other side, as an artist, knowing which organizers pay. Because some organizers, like, we don't get paid normally until after the event is Mm. over and Eventbrite is paid out, right? So it can be up to three or four days after the event before you get paid. And after that, organizers will sometimes be like, yeah, I'm not paying you. And that was the recourse, (laughs) right? Like, a lot of people aren't working under a contract. If you are working under contract, you would have to take them to court and you would have to decide which city or state to sue them in. And it would take a lot of time and money over what could be, like, what, like five, seven hundred dollars. So being able to talk to other artists and see which organizers pay out, which ones don't, uh, which ones were actually going to give you hotel rooms. Like there have been situations in which organizers like have stuck me in the worst accommodations. And it's tough because once you're there, you're so busy. You don't really have time to take care of this stuff or like which ones feed you, which ones don't. Like all of this is stuff that they will promise you up front, but not always deliver on um, because they know that once you're in front of attendees you're not going to make as big of a stink about it because it's your reputation right they're not always going to blame the organizer um so it it definitely helps artists man you have no idea how many times i adjusted my rates and agreements in my contract whenever i got into the scene because before the scene it was just so much stuff that was just extremely self-explanatory to me i.e i'm not going to put a grown man in a bed with another grown man that he don't even know. Like, I'm just not going to book them in a bed in the same bed. Like that's just self-explanatory to me. So I remember my first event working as DJ because me and sister were doing concerts and they always just put us in the same room with two different beds. And obviously that was cool. But my first event that I was working as a DJ and it wasn't in my contract. It was simply fly. I had flights. I had hourly rates. I had food. And I had lodging, just said that. That makes sense in my head. And then I show up and they're like, oh yeah, 
I'm standing, I'm standing here too. And I was like, oh, bet. And at that point, it was only two people. And then another person walked in the door like, yeah, I'm standing here too. And I was like, okay. And then another person showed up. And I was like, <laughs> around the room, like, how many freaking beds are in this room? What are we talking about? And they're like, oh, I think we're all like sharing beds. And I was like, bro, what are we talking about? So I took the L. I took the L. But I remember after that, I was like, I'm updating my contract. And I'm putting... I require my own bed into the thing because it just isn't self-explanatory. And boy, I had to adjust. That's been that, that's not the first time. I've literally every time something happens that I feel like it's self-explanatory, I was like, "Well, charge it to the game, update my contract." And I will update. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, this isn't happening again because it's just like I don't know, it's just like so, so, stuff that's so self-explanatory to me, but telling everybody else if there are people that are blatantly just like doing stuff like that to to instructors or to djs so so that way they're aware of it is i feel like is important i feel like all that communication because word of mouth is something that really can cement somebody's reputation for sure whether it be the person being hired or the person doing the hiring don't play with people's money man that's a whole man that's a whole nother thing yeah you know like Like to to Jesse's point about the whole organizer thing, like I I heard recently of an organizer uh, that doesn't do their artists, their local artists, um, you know, very well at all. Like they super prioritize like the the big names over the local artists, and 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 even the artists in general like had to go across the street to the McDonald's to like get food because like I don't know the food there just either wasn't enough or just was like some real cheapy cheap type stuff. You know what I'm saying? And it's it, it's starting to show anyway, like this festival that I was at, I ain't gonna name no names, you know what I'm saying? But like, but like they, they, they weren't the names there that there usually are. And me as a festival goer, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm gonna hear, I'm gonna hear that and I'm absorbing and be like, okay, now this is like the first and the last time I'm gonna go to this thing because I know that, that this organizer doesn't treat their artists well or their local artists well. And I know that their local artists are like some, some bomb teachers, some bomb dancers and everything like that. So like, if this person does that and and is all about the clout and all about the, like the big names and stuff like that, then I'm gonna take my take my U.S. Biden dollars elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's real. That's super real. Um, I feel like <clears throat> it's really hard as an artist to like quote unquote gossip, especially on a large scale about an organizer because. I feel like other organizers will feel like, oh, they're a troublemaker. Am I going to hire them? Mm. Even though you really should, we really should be speaking out about some of the stuff that mm. <laughs> That's real. Yeah. That's real. Man, so does that hinder, that hinders teachers and that hinders people from being able to tell people to watch out for organizers. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That makes so sense. Like you almost... It has to be private. It has to be underground because it really does like, especially if you're a woman, they're like, oh, she's emotional. She's a handful. We not, we can't hire her back. That's wild, man. Man, because in my head, there has to be, there needs to be, there needs to be a, whether it is a formal thing or whether it's an informal thing, it's dope to have stuff in place that gives people the ability to be able to give feedback about their experience with somebody good or bad i agree 
Like so, like an anonymous website? No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> I'm talking about person. I'm I'm talking like how like how we're talking about it. Like person to person, I should be able to walk up to another DJ at an event, and they say, "Yo, I'm booked for this event in a month," and I can be like, "Oh man, I was there last year, bro. Let me tell you about this, this and this and that." But but I feel like that's good, and it's gonna help him out, you know, or, or her out. Or I can be like, "Man, that event was dope." You know, that just, I mean, we were, I just did that with you guys for an event yep. that I'm booked for later. And I was like, yo, I'm booked this year, booked for this this year. How was it last year? And everybody started telling me about it. And it was dope. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, bet. You know, so I feel like people, I feel like, I mean, I don't know. I feel like people's, I feel like people's insecurities can creep in sometimes to where they, they feel, they fight so hard against being talked somewhat negatively about mm -hmm. when in actuality, it's like, your selfishness is showing because those people are talking about their experience that they had with you that may have been unsettling for them in order to help other people whenever it comes to their experience that they're about to have with you. I do think that it's important to have that, whether it is like a website where every event goes on the site and then people just go on there and they're like, this event was great. Like, like how people rate, everything else with five stars and then leave comments like freaking amazon reviews yep amazon mm -hmm. why isn't there a website for events but amazon review style where people can leave stars and stuff <laughs> bro did i just invent something uh, it that would be not that needs to be, be super real helpful. that dance event, uh, dance event reviews yeah. com. right that would we be need to name legit. it dance events no cap Bro, straight up <laughs> trademark and we, and we get 10 cents every time somebody makes a comment Shoot. <laughs> that would be great bro because like i feel like that could help a lot that would elevate the scene to me let me put my popcorn down bro to me i feel like i understand people working on and wanting to build up their own stuff 100 percent mm -hmm. Like you got to put food on your table. You're trying to build up your business, et cetera. But you're also working within a scene that if that scene did not exist, you would not be able to build up your business and put food on your table. So there has to be a balance of I'm making sure I take care of myself, but also I'm really trying to make sure that this scene levels up and grows in quality and in quantity and continues to get better so whenever a person suggests something like that to me that would elevate the scene so much because if you are great it would be highlighted it would cause more events that are great to get more limelight and if you are not great it will either push you out unfortunately slash fortunately or it will cause you to get better and then your event will become better and then Dude, it will elevate the scene. That website would be straight chaos. <laughs> I think it would too, actually. It would be straight chaos. Yeah. But I'm thinking about doing it. You could do like <laughs> have an event section, a DJ section, organizer section, like for artists to post it. Yeah. That would be chaos. I mean, but like, so if you're like comparing it to like something like Amazon, right? And with Amazon reviews, Amazon reviews do be pretty chaotic, but I'm not going to lie. For the most part, when I go on Amazon, if I'm getting ready to buy something, the stuff that's five stars, I'm really happy that it's five stars 
because I know I'm about to get something that's at least at least somewhat quality. I'll cl- the first thing I'll do is I'll click on the stars and then I'll scroll to all the one stars and I click on the one stars and then I read those comments because they're gonna be honest. Five star people could be bought. They could be like paid people that are using it or whatever friends those one star people are about to be honest you know so i'll read yeah. it but i feel like like it might be somewhat chaotic on that amazon thing but for the most part it's helpful not but you also have to like if it's only artists leaving reviews you would have to cross check the artist reviews I'm not because there talking. are some artists out there that have crazy contracts with 20 million different stipulations and organizers are not always willing to accommodate that. So then the artist gets like really upset, like, ah, oh, don't work about, don't work with this organizer. They're terrible. Yeah. No, I think, but I think that that's the case with everything though, in the, even in the, even in the world outside of dance, like there's always going to be a biased person or somebody who's just completely ridiculous. But like, if you have more reviews, if there's like 2,000 five stars and like 51 stars and one of the one stars is something that doesn't even have to do with their event. They're like, when I walked in the door, this one person that I saw pissed me off or the hotel was this and that. And it's like, that has nothing to do with this event organizer. So, man, this is a great idea. You heard it here first, y'all. Yo, if somebody is already doing this, can y'all let us know? Because if somebody is doing this already and all five of us don't know about it, I'm not saying that we're just like, the freaking gateway people or nothing like that but we are all involved in like different sets of the freaking scene in different cities and if none of us have heard in it of of it at all then that means they're not promoting it well enough or something but there are like some people that are trying to like get they're like i keep seeing people like is there like a spreadsheet for the certain festivals that are coming out this year or a calendar or something. So, like, people are working on calendars and spreadsheets of some kind, you know. So I'm assuming, like, maybe somebody might out be, be out there putting together some kind of, like, review, Congress review type of deal or something. No, you know I what think I mean? people like, are there has scared to be. of having... People you think are scared so? of having their festivals reviewed oh, because they make a lot of money. They, they, yeah. they make money off the fact that people are going to show up based off the artists they hire or whatever else. Yeah. And... It's not until word of mouth goes around that people stop attending. Like it takes a lot longer than the, a lot longer true. than it should. You know, For sometimes sure. sometimes something from two years ago doesn't get around to people until like now. You know, true. Yeah, uh, there are festivals that right now are operating basically based off of legacy. They mm-hmm. were good at some point in time, and they were popular, but they only attract new people. Like if you're at a festival. And there's only new people around. You don't see any of the OG veterans of your scene. That, that means in some way, shape, or form, that organizer has messed up. And that, I can think of several off the top of my head. That's actually yeah, same. A that's a good point. Sign. That is yeah. a very yeah. good sign. Yeah. Name some names. Name some names. Just saying. I ain't naming no names. I'm just saying. Oh my! I'm God. not naming names, but I'm giving you clues. Like if you go to a festival and you look around and there's nobody local like nationally local local is a big one local is yeah. a huge one yeah that's a to an event right. in a city and none of the local people are there that's a bad that's a yeah. bad yeah that's a problem yeah. something bad has happened like it's to me it's obvious but i guess you have to be a little bit older in the scene to recognize the clues but there are your clues friends if you're new to the scene look at who's supporting the festival that'll tell you a lot about that festival yeah, so I don't. I think that's um, probably beneficial. What were you gonna say? Go ahead. 
Are we going to talk about how a certain group of people saved Interfusion? <laughs> Be my guest. Let's talk about it. Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna confess to it now. Oh, uh, we we are gonna name one name for this gossip, Mister Timothy Worker. There was a certain group of people in a certain chat that used gossip to get this man put in jail. Basically, anybody want to talk about it? Um, here's my addition to this: <laughs> that certain chat did more. So here's where gossip, I feel like, is really important is what is the next step you're willing to take after you hear the gossip, right? Like, what is the action step behind it? And what's your intention in hearing it, right? So there was gossip put out there that Tim was going to be showing up in Interfusion. And the number... After, he, only, was told, after he was told not to, you kind of got to tell people the story in case they After he was told not to, and after it was made clearly aware through gossip that he had shown up to other events uninvited and had to be kicked out um, and there was a very serious threat of violence um, because he is a very accomplished martial artist. And so a lot of us were feeling scared. So somebody in his stories. Yes. So somebody in the chat put the number to Homeland Security in the chat. No, no, before that, before that. A member of the chat did that whole interview slash confessional Oh, yes, there was an interview done of Tim Weigert in which investigation, he, yeah, an investigation, if you will, in which he was interviewed. Uh, like this was a prize winning interview. Like yeah, this interview, he confessed to multiple crimes in this interview. He got pulled over by the police in the interview. And you know what? I've been thinking about it. the police did not do their job because if the police would have ran the tags, they would have seen he had a warrant for his arrest. So that's like number one uh, clear uh, display of white privilege because they did not run them tags. <laughs> and he was extra charming to the police. He was so, yeah. charming to the police. And yeah, his, so his, were... his girlfriend was going like 100 miles an hour, I think. Oh, yeah, because she was. Being oh, yeah. And she did not get arrested. In case you he don't know, in case you don't know, it's because the interview took place while he was in the car. And it was yeah. all on video. It was on video. Which is another. <laughs> it's it's crazy itself. I do think he was on the way to interfusion while he was doing that interview. Like it was just it was just craziness all around. So he did the interview. Then the number to Homeland Security was put out because we all really thought he was coming to interfusion. So several calls were made from that group reporting him. Does somebody want to pick it up from here? I don't want to not only it. from the group, like um, I know a few people outside the group who actually called Homeland Security too. So I know Homeland Security got at least five phone calls about Timothy and people being scared uh, and him showing up at Interfusion. Then, you know, as soon as he showed up, he was arrested and he remains in jail to this day. But the point is, all this came from (laughs) gossip in a group chat about a certain person. So gossip can definitely be good. That's the point. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Gossip that leads to like investigation, you know, like whether it's finding finding out, you know, records and whatnot, you know, or or like you said, like finding out like these credible or these threats and then and then and then an interview happens and then you figure find out these threats are credible. Like, you know, it's yeah. coming straight from the person who, you know what I'm saying, who's on the way here. So like, yeah, it's it's yeah. Yeah, that was that was a whole thing. 
that was mm-hmm. a whole thing. I feel like I feel like I literally feel like every week there's just something new, man. Bro, it's too much. Really. There, there's never, there's almost never not something happening. Like, is that re- so? Maybe I'm just having short sightedness and not really thinking super hard about whenever we first started dancing and when we first met each other, which is so funny because can't remember how I met Amber. I can't remember how I met Jesse. I can't remember how um, I met any of y'all. I remember how I met you. I remember how I met this, you. This is how so, I met Archie. One day I was just in the airport. Is that how we met? That's, that's how we met in person. Oh yeah. my gosh. I, I was just in the airport randomly in Houston. I was on a layover going to Mexico. And I see Archie. I'm like, Archie! Like, I, my first time seeing him in person. I remember that's how we met in person. But before that, it was always just online. It was, it was always just camp. talking online. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's crazy. It's so weird how I get like that with like friendships that I've had for a long time where I'm just like, I can't even remember. Like, I don't remember how I met Dapo. I don't remember how I met him. You know? It's just yeah. so crazy whenever I think about that. So maybe I'm just like, not remembering how it was back in the day because I know we definitely had stuff. It was definitely. I remember how I met all y'all. Actually, I never met Jamil. Yeah, in person, Ifosa. I used to see him all the time in the Zook rooms at dance events. You didn't see me though. <laughs> what? You didn't see me, but I remember seeing you, and you never asked me to dance, but it's cool. Then. <laughs> Jesse, I remember Jesse. I met her. I went to a dance event in Detroit with Audie. I drove from Nashville with Audie, and I saw Jesse at a dance event in Detroit. So I remember how I met all y'all. That's crazy. Yeah, I I don't. But maybe, yeah, I don't. But maybe what I was gonna say is maybe I'm not remembering everything, but I feel like. Was there was there this much like drama and stuff back in yes. the day? Yes. Yeah, um, it was just different. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the drama, the drama never probably. It was the just, drama never stopped. It was just different. Yeah. No, like, it was remember, the same amount. Remember when we had the fam chat back in the day, like when we first started kids? And okay, so the fam chat was like the fam chat was small the, and little was, and blew up. It, it blew, blew up. up. It was literally everybody in the kids scene nationally was in one chat. And so it just became like the discussion board for everything happening in kids. And we had so much drama in that chat. Like it was just stupid. Somebody was chat. adding people that had ju- they just met in a club and they're like, here, here's the kids chat. And we're like, why are you putting these strangers in this chat? Like it became a very serious drama point of like, who are we adding to this chat? Like, what are the criteria? You know, it was just stupid, but it meant a lot to us at the time because it was the way we were creating community. But bigger stuff like, oh, man, never mind. OK, never mind. I take back what I just said. As my brain is thinking, I'm just like recounting every all the drama that was happening back in the day and all the other stuff that was taking place. Yeah, there was a lot of it. Um, This is what I thought. It was a naive thought. I thought Zook had less drama than Kizomba. Hell like, no. I was like, absolutely I'm- more. Yeah, I see that now. <laughs> Absolutely not. You know, is like, it I, because I've, I've been quiet, but yeah, nah. I've been quiet because I'm tired. I'm so tired. I, I like, like, I've had to take to make a point where I step back and not listen to the gossip because, like, it it would in Zook it would just like flow so like 
everywhere. Like you, so, it will, it will find you. You will, even if you're not trying to pay attention to it, it will find you, and you will hear it. Me, so me personally, I. <laughs> I don't know. I think anywhere you're going to have like a gathering or a community of people, you're going to have drama, whether it's Brazilian. 100%. Like, sauce, whatever. I agree with that. You know, so like for me, like for the longest time, because I started with, you know, Bachata Salsa, Kisomba and all that stuff first, like I heard about all that drama in those scenes and different leads and teachers, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, as I've been in Brazilian Zuku, you know, for a little bit longer, like now I'm starting to hear more stuff about that. And like people will just come to me about stuff, you know, and being involved with my, my local community, like you hear stuff as well and you know things and, you know, so like, honestly, I don't, I don't think, you know, necessarily because people are like passive aggressive or whatever, it's just people. People go people is like one of my favorite quotes. You go, you have humans, that's, that's they will fact. be humans. Humans will you. touch other people inappropriately. They're going to say bad shit to other people. It's just the way of the world as long as humans are interacting. That's why if you watch like TV shows like The Last of Us or any post-apocalyptic type of show, like after a while, the main antagonist stops being the zombies and the monsters and then it's other humans. You know, so like whether we're passive aggressive or aggressive aggressive, like we always gonna fuck with each other, basically. Unfortunately, you know, is yeah. Unfortunately, it's it's super sad. So like, kind of like Ifosa was saying, like after a while, like I'm just I just be so blown. I just don't want to hear about shit no more. I don't, you know. We were saying earlier, like how do people keep getting in these situations? You know, like I just I'm just it, after a while, like, just, it's tiring. Um, I it's do tiring. have one question. Maybe two. And this is just me watching the pandemic and the scene. It feel it feels like the the Kizomba scene is more public with the with their drama, as in like both in the sense of it coming out and then also people outline online saying, Hey, yo, cut this shit out. Whereas with the Zook, I am still trying to see like mm. whether it's good or bad. And this is more so on the bad thing. I feel like there's an it there's still it's still tough for things like that to come out. Whether you're saying an event's bad, whether you're saying someone is I don't know if we have and when I say that I'm specifically referring to the culture in the US. I do not think neg saying things negatively about a person is still I don't it's know if happened. it's nicely looked at. Cause like in the hip hop culture, you could you could say someone is or sports culture, you could say someone is trash publicly and or what for whatever reason, but like we don't and we're in the Kizomba scene, I see that people hey, if someone's doing some 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 dumb shit, it will get outed. Yeah, I kinda mm -hmm. I kinda see what you're saying. Like I've I've seen like different posts, not necessarily just from Kizomba, you know, the Kizomba scene, but like, you know, Bachata or Salsa folks. I think one of the last posts prior to whatever recent thing that just came out was, you know, from I think like a salsa bachatero, somebody like that. But it was like salsa mm. bachata scene people, right? And they, it was like all kinds of like, you know, screenshots of conversations and everything like that and how this oh, person yeah, is treating yeah. other people, da, 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 da. So like, yeah, like there's a salsa, like, I don't know, maybe it's because these scenes are a little bit older than the Brazilian scene awesome. or whatever. I don't know. But, but yeah, you, you know, you're right. Like maybe unless it's something like super duper egregious, like, you know, certain DJs, not disclosing certain yeah. health issues to other people, you know what I mean? 
or, or, or say for instance, during the pandemic, like I think maybe things built up so much uh, in terms of like the Me Too thing slash male artists just doing low down dirty shit that it just explodes out onto uh, an Instagram page recounting most most or all of like certain artists that yeah. are, you know, male artists that are going out here just doing dirty stuff to women. Like that's- I have thoughts on that because the kiss scene is- really good at handling a lot of call-out culture but I think it's because yeah. our scene was born out of like public scrutiny the kids scene and mm. I mean urban kids especially um it grew out of an area of Angolans publicly calling us out and being like yo this is not Kizomba oh. stop calling it Kizomba right That's so we had to like we battled it out a lot on Facebook but a lot of resolution yeah. was reached right where it was like we're listening we hear you like how do we fix this and it's just continued on. Like, it's evolved a lot. We are no longer having the Kizomba versus urban debate as much online, but there are, are other things discussed. Like, they're definitely not afraid to post online if you have a bad set. Like, and they will call you by name and say, yo, what was your set? Like, what were you doing during your set? Um, But it's not perfect yeah. because we are still dealing with the same issues as, like, you all are with predators and, you know, other issues. But I think we're a little bit more well-equipped to handle some of that. Um, mm. partially because of the way we were born. And I'm just going to say my own opinion. You don't have to agree with it. But also who's in charge? Mm. Because the leaders are the ones that cause resolution, right? Which is why I think you guys get so exhausted with the drama. Because it's the same thing that comes up and it's like n- no resolutions reached, which is my opinion on the Zook scene. Like you guys talk about we're... a lot of stuff that I very much do not see action. Oh, and yeah. in the kids scene, there's a lot of Black women with a lot of power. Um, who have fought a lot to change things like over the course of the years of the kids scene, specifically in the US. Yeah. Like we had an issue with like black women not being seen. So black women in the scene stepped up and we made some resolutions. And some of the biggest organizers in the scene are black women. So when things are brought up and things are discussed, it's like a lot of times a black woman saying, you know what, I'm gonna handle this. You know, not to say that's all of the issues, right? But I do think it is part of it. I think um, there are other people in the kids scene who handle things super well, but our leadership for the most part is really a little biased because I know a lot of them, but I'm proud of a lot of the leadership in kids because they are people that step up and solve it. This makes me want to ask a question, which um, to be honest, I'm not even entirely sure if I want to ask it, but like, the beauty of being able to beauty of being able to edit if we need to. I was yeah. about to say we'll edit it out later. If you don't, if you don't, want, if you don't it, want it, it in, I can cut it. Nah, it's a it's a good question though. Like, oh, and it's something I've been wondering. Our our leadership in Brazilian Zook, where is it? Like, I who are the I, leaders? Yeah, who are the leaders and where are they based? Because I don't know. Because if you remember when all that thing when we because when we were up in arms about you know the racism going on and back in the during the pandemic and there were like no responses from anywhere in the brazilian zook scene like the very little and and i and i was i was i was watching facebook every day trying to see all right who's gonna come out say something nothing i i saw nothing i think the only thing i saw was from what zoopy memes about something about hey yo what's happening out here with and this may be going off tangent but like at least with the at least i feel with the kizomba scene like the leadership like it you will know where the leader the leaders are where they're there but like with us i feel like and i could be wrong but i don't know where our our leaders are based like especially for the states i don't know 
so I mean, I can only speak to my experiences and what yeah. I saw during that time. I know, I know us here in DC, you know, District Zoo fam, like they were trying to be as inquisitive and asking questions and what can we do and, and showing their support and solidarity and everything like that. Regardless of however we feel about the performativeness yeah, yeah. of it all, you know what I mean? But like, it was like, what can we do, you know, type of stuff. Um, so I did see that from the leadership here in the scene. I want to say that I also remember Laura posting on Facebook about something or so, something came from, from up north. Mm. Uh, in Canada in regards to that whole stuff there. But but other than that, I'm not entirely sure. Like, I don't know, you know, you have you got people making their, their Instagram profiles, black squares and stuff, you know, back then. Um, but for me, those two examples kind of yeah. stand out it's more so more so here in DC anyway. Um, so. those those the, that example of like leadership and, and trying to show solidarity and whatnot and asking questions. Um, but as a whole, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like there were some artists that were coming out, you know, speaking about it. And I don't, I, I don't know. But I guess for for me in general, I don't know. Like I've been social dancing since like 2014. Just in general, all of the social dances, mm -hmm. right? 2014, 2013 ish, about which apparently isn't a very long time. I went to Europe and told them I was dancing Brazilian Zouk since 20, 2014, 2015. And they're like, oh, that's not a long time. So I was like, okay, that's not a long time. So, but so, so I can only experience speak to like my limited experience. And whatnot. So, mm. the, my other question is like, when things happen, mm. or like who, I, and I'm not sure if Kizomba does it better or Kiss does it better, or if there's a way to like, who can we go to when things happen and either ask for change or ask for like some steps like that? I'm not entirely sure who I can like comfortably list obviously common names that will come up would be laura and ashley kent but like these are two people one in canada one in dc this is just east coast like they can't handle right. everywhere as so my question is like when things are coming up who do who are we able to ask because i personally i do not have any clue on well I think people look at you as a leader based off people asking you to vouch for them in the DMs. <laughs> so it's true. I feel like you're a leader. I think that I think that he fights against that title so much. Like <laughs> I don't know how many times people gotta tell you, like, but like, like especially like, us here, like we're like you worked your way up to this place within Brazilian Zook that everybody in the brazilian zoo scene knows you like this is just one small my possibly ridiculous example but anytime anybody adds me as a friend you're always a mutual friend 100 percent <laughs> of the time every single time you know mm. and so and, it, and so it's literally like people I, I agree with amber people know you bro so yeah. I, I think the example that, of you not even willing to take responsibility for that, I think, is the whole problem of dance leadership because everyone else no, no. like, I'm looking for an adultier adult to like handle this shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if, you are the adult friend. Okay. Yeah. So I mean shit. If if it's if I am one of these so-called leaders of the scene, yeah. then I mean shit. If if I need to, then I'll I'll start acting like it, but like 
the question is so, then would what be, can I do? That's I what I was gonna what, say. I, I like, don't what know the, what I could what, do. That's the question after after like, that. It's like because because the dance scene, it would be it would be almost impossible to have it set up as if it was like a business in the sense yeah. that like one business where there's like a CEO and a board yeah. and everybody yeah. comes underneath that one thing. That would be very hard in my opinion, 100%. but I don't think that it's impossible to have some sort of collective. Yes. Thank you for that. Cause I was going to say hierarchy and I did not want to use that word. Yeah. But I think collective is a way better word, like a collective of people because like whether it be spoken or unspoken in Brazilian Zouk within Brazil, there's at least like three or four or five people that are that. And everybody knows those people. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think there are collectives. Like, don't the DC uh, organizers have a chat? Right, yeah. Don't they kind of like all band the same people? <laughs> like it's that's, that's and... something I was going to speak to, actually. Like, for District Zouk, we have a, a safe spaces committee that I, I, I was on back like when we... we we birthed it back in the day, you know, pre pre pandemic times or whatever, and and then it still kind of stayed around even throughout the pandemic, and even now we still have it. So there is that with our local scene or whatever, but yeah, but also the instructors, like you, like Amber said, like everybody's got like a chat, and so word word spreads, you know, amongst the 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 the, the um, organizers and the instructors and whatnot, you know, on who who to ban, what steps what steps were taken in order to potentially correct the situation and what, what should other people do? You know, it's not perfect. I'm not claiming it's perfect, you know, but I think it does help. And at least there's something, there's a system in place that is always, you know, looking for ways to, to, um, to improve, you know? So So I I think think that that for me, um, what works is like Amber said, group chats, I'm in like three or four different group chats. And to answer your first question, who are the leaders? If you're making money off the scene, you're a leader. You have like a stake and responsibility and what happens and you have an ability to make an impression or in change in the scene. So in my opinion, there's a lot of leaders in the scene that don't want to claim that they're leaders, which, you know, whatever. But for me, group chats work 100%. Like I'm in three or four group chats, one for a local scene, a couple for the national scene and whatever something comes up, we put it in the chat and we're like, hey, let's talk about this. Like, what have you heard? What are you heard? What are you doing? And it's up to each individual to make a choice based off the information they're given. Um, and a lot of the times there'll be like investigations done. Like, I want to hear more about this. Like, let's talk to everyone involved and see what's up. And then we can make a decision based off of like all things told, you know what I mean? Cause a lot of times we don't have law enforcement involved. Like we don't have anything official that we can go to. We just have to make a best guess, you know, uh, go with your gut based off yeah. the information and what you know about your scene, what decisions can you make yourself to you know, make a change. And sometimes it involves as an artist, like saying no to certain gigs, because you know, like the organizers an issue with attendees or the organizers hiring somebody that's not somebody that should be supported. Like that's something big that you can do because you know, if you show up, other people will follow you or not going to local events or working with organizers, maybe to correct the situation. Like, Hey, you know what? I'm hearing this. Maybe if you made this change, it would be safer. It would be better for attendees. You know what I mean? There's all sorts of ways that you have influence and a way to use your voice and your power. Even if you're just an attendee, you vote with your money. Like you are 100% the reason that all of this happens. So if you're not putting money in somebody's pocket, they're going to listen. You know what I mean? Especially if there's a large group of you making that choice. So I think a lot of us have leadership ability within the scene. 
it's just a lot of autonomy, you know? Yeah, to, to Jesse's point, I, if, like Jesse said, if you're making money off the scene, if you're claiming you're a teacher in the scene, you know, you post it on Facebook, you know, I got classes that start at eight o'clock, da, 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 then you have the potential to have that kind of influence over things and, you know, to cause that change, you know? And Is then I think you, I was going to say, Fosa, you have the, the, the special position, even though you're not like a teacher, not even making money necessarily, but you've made yourself a, a loud voice that people do listen to. Or they'll look forward to hearing from you or look forward mm. to seeing you or whatnot. So folks like folks like you, which there aren't a whole lot of people like you, but folks like you could also, you know, cause change as well. Do you think it's more of a um, local scene to scene versus and then those collective local scenes make up a more countrywide scene versus just like everybody in the country trying to communicate a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. I, I like, I think I, it kind of was thinking about that just now. Like I, I, I feel like, like the local scene and the leaders in the local scene, I mean, the issues start there and they, we can potentially handle the business there, but then we also kind of like, you know, spread word to the collective uh, scenes at large, you know, about certain actors and things, you know, I think, that one of the good things about social media is that we can, you know, blow the whistle and spread the word, you know, uh, to the, the, to our scenes as a whole on social media and whatnot, or, or through chats or, or DMs and whatnot, you know, but I do think it, I think, I do think it's the leadership starts in the scene and then we can spread where we can talk to people if we, if need be, we got, we got numbers and DMs and all those things. So. Okay. Yeah. I want to take, the next question in the opposite direction. So we've been doing mm. a lot of talking about how gossip can help and it can improve and all that other stuff. But what are situations in which gossip was harmful in the dancing? Mm, indubitably. Because there are always two sides to the coin, right? Always. Yeah. I feel mm. like there was something kind of recently that kind of was in that. So I'll try to be as vague as I possibly can, but maybe the people who are in the know no, might maybe what I'm talking about, but like there was something that happened in one of the northern states, I'll say last year, and I think a lot of a bit of information kind of was spread about without actually knowing exactly like both sides of the story. But one one primary thing was known, which was this guy had did this thing, uh, something about coercion, and there was drugs involved. Blah 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 blah. Right. So there was like little bits of main piece of information that came out. And I think that ultimately powered the like movement to maybe like basically ban this guy or suspend him until things were looked into further, basically. Right. But I feel like lots of people developed an opinion already. You know what I'm saying? And, and but I think it did come out a little bit later that there was a lot more to the story to meet meeted the eyeballs. You know, I think things might be okay now for the most part, but I think there was a bit, there was a time where like things was a little rocky, you know, uh, for the individual that was being accused of the thing, you know? So I think yeah. like, like, I think we said this in the beginning, like it, it could be, cheese make could be used for good and bad. And one of the bad ways is that it could ruin somebody's reputation real fast. Court of public opinion. The crazy thing about it is, and even outside of the dance scene, like you always hear these stories. And I'll start it off by saying, obviously, <clears throat> we're not dismissing any claims that anybody would say. Hopefully the first part of this podcast shows yeah. that, you yeah, know, yeah. like we're yeah. not about not yeah. listening to people if they have claims. 
We're not about not right. hearing anybody who's been victimized and just dismissing it. A hundred percent. That's not what we're about. Um, Agreed. Uh, yeah. With that being said, uh, you hear so many stories about people in general, whether it be a guy or a girl who gets wrongfully accused of something. And then it comes out later that it was not completely true or it was just a hundred percent lie. And then this person is like, whether it be like legal, they're set free, they're let back into their life. There are still going to be people that view them through that lens, no matter how hard they try not to. And no matter how much they know about what actually happened, that lens will be on them for a long time, which is why I just think that it's such a delicate thing. You know, it's not like super talk and it's not like if something happened to you, don't say it. It's Mm -hmm. not like it's not that, but it's like it's like fire. Like you respect fire. You have to be careful with fire. Don't be afraid of fire, but respect it. You know, it's like a kitchen knife. Mm. Like I cook with this. It makes me food. It gives me nourish. It gives me the ability to make nourishment for myself. I can also turn around and stab somebody with it. I'm not afraid of the knife, but I respect what the knife has the ability to do. And I'm not just walking around swinging it around my house with my freaking two-year-old and my wife in the house. You know what I'm saying? And so you're very understanding of what this has the ability to do. And because of that, you handle it with that sense of care. And so it's, it's one of those things that you have to be like really careful with because whenever it comes to like, whether it be something extremely serious like that, and it's something that has torn scenes apart or caused divisions within scenes because stuff isn't true or whether it simply be like a guy or a girl just talking trash about somebody because they're jealous of them a jealous guy asking a girl out and her telling him no and turning him down and then he just starts making up lies about her and calling her fast and being like oh she slept with me blah blah blah. oh yeah i was up in that for sure like that's you're gossiping and you're lying and you're tearing her reputation apart you know what i'm saying and so i think that those are definitely ways that it can have an effect on on the scene as a whole you know there's so many there's so many i I travel around a lot obviously there's so many cities i go to where the whole the whole city's like as far as the dancing is just torn apart nobody talks to nobody it's just in shambles you know to the point to where it's sad whenever you go i don't know if y'all like this but it's i've gotten to a point where if i don't know then i'm not tiptoeing but if i do know then i obviously will respect and not say anything but yeah half the time i don't know who's cool with who and who's not cool with who so i'll be meeting with somebody and i'm like oh yeah so-and-so lives down the street i'm cool with them but this person's like completely Mm. not cool with them i have no idea and then all of a sudden they're just like oh yeah yeah well i don't really rock i'm like oh man my bad a year ago when i was here y'all rocked with one another and now y'all don't so i mean i've seen scenes get torn apart because of because of the stuff you know so are there yeah. things that the scenes could do better about that when it comes to handling gossip or or i guess maybe the community leaders rather it's tough because the gossip is sometimes a like a case of us trying to handle a situation but all you have is gossip like unsubstantiated yeah. like opinions but you're forced to kind of make a choice off of this shaky ground where everyone has a different story like it's so tough and I've been in so many situations of like 
having to sort through them. And I can't say that I've always made the best choices, but Mm -hmm. I can say I always try to make the best choice based off of like what I've heard. So it can be really hard and sticky. And it's really one of those tough things that people want to be a leader, but it's like leadership takes a lot of like, it's messy. It's very hard and nobody's there to hold your hand. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's super hard. I think, you know, just knowing what to do in those situations as well, I think, you know, because sometimes like it could be towing the line for some legal type stuff, you know, and, and nobody wants to, nobody wants to cross that line, obviously. Right. So it's, 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 it's a crazy to navigate. Um, Um, I will also say in general, people just want to be liked. No one wants to piss anyone off. That's Mm -hmm. very true. Very, very true. But if you are a leader, you're going to piss people off because you're going to have to make decisions <laughs> that someone doesn't agree with. No. So yeah. that's it. If, if you want to be a leader, you can't be scared of, of pissing people off and, and people not liking you. Yeah, it's so true. Sure. Okay, so this next topic is something I personally went through. And here's where gossip gets really hard, but it's dating and dance. Um, no, it, and this yeah. is where <laughs> this is where I would highly discourage people from doing it. Like people are going to make their choices or whatever. Like I honestly don't care. But this is where it'll tear you apart mentally because you will hear a lot of gossip sometimes about your partner. Sometimes it'll be spread about yourself, and it's not entirely true. And mm-hmm. then say you break up, there's double the amount of gossip, especially if you're a public figure, and it's hard to like people will never say it to your face but you know that things are being said about you and you don't really feel like you have the chance to address it or, you know, you may be going through things, you know, like some really bad things might've happened in that relationship. And it becomes a really hard balance of like wanting to live in your truth and wanting to speak on the truth of things you experience, but also not wanting to feed into the gossip mill, you know, like when you're going through a public breakup, breakup like that, it's really hard. Like a lot of people are watching you and expecting you to comport yourself a certain kind of way, regardless of the circumstances. Like, even if it was like traumatizing, you're expected to hold yourself up uh, normally and maybe interact with this person that you've had some really terrible experiences with as though if nothing happened, you know, being in the same room with them, maybe watching some of the same behaviors. And it's just like, it's a tough thing to navigate. That's one of those ways in which I personally struggled with gossip. I'm just like, I don't even, I'm going to dip out of the dance scene for a little bit because I just and, don't know how to. Yeah. Because it, it was a negative way. It was a negative way for me. Um, yeah, for that's, sure. that's an example. That's, that's, that's like an example of what I'm talking about. When yeah, I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it play out in negative ways before. I, I was, I, I was, I've always told people gossip and negatively is like, taking like three or four pieces of printer paper dropping them into a paper shredder and then going up on the roof of a building and throwing them off mm-hmm. and then and then after you do that going up going out and trying to pick up all the pieces that you threw out there to put the paper back together That's a good analogy. you're never going to be able to find all those pieces again and they're the imprint that they left is always going to be there you know which is why, like, going back to what I was saying earlier, it's just such a delicate thing. Like you have to really, and the the sad thing is, some people, and like I've said before, I always try to give people the benefit of the doubt most of the time. But where you do have some people who are like 
quote unquote gossiping out of kind like out of a good from a good place. There are some people that are just super hateful. There are some yeah. people that are just super hateful and really jealous and they just want to hurt. Like there's some people that are like that. And it's very difficult to obviously discern the difference between the two. But because just the simple fact that there are people that are like that makes you understand even more that like what's that joker quote some men just like to see the world burn it's just what it is like they just they just want to whether it be because of like i said jealousy or because of somebody that they feel like wronged them and now they're gonna do wrong like yes so what about in the cases where there are some individuals who who think they're doing it with good intentions but it's really because they're jealous and they're not aware that they're jealous or like Ooh, it both, mm. in my opinion when it comes to something that does not pertain to harm being done to another individual if you have a problem with me you need to come and tell me how do yeah. you define harm ruining somebody's reputation potentially well, what i mean by what i mean by that is like if if I heard a story, if I heard something about a guy who was physically abusive or mm-hmm. sexually abusing or mentally abusing someone else, if I'm if I heard about that, that's that's harm to me. You know, yeah. anything uh... else is like like, for example, if you were in a committed relationship with somebody yeah. and I was at an event with you and I'm super cool with you and I'm super cool with the person that you're in a relationship with. And I see something that I think is something, but I'm not sure. I want to come talk to you. Mm-hmm. Like come talk to you instead of being like, yo, did you see Ifosa with old girl? Like, bro, <laughs> isn't he dating somebody? Or you know, what I'm saying? you know, like, oh my gosh, bro. And then all of a sudden now, whether it's true or untrue, maybe it's not true. It's done around the whole, literally, before the night party's over, it is around the entire party. And then it gets back to your partner, and she's like, yo, what's up? And you're like, I have no idea what's going on. There's been situations like that in the scene. But that's what I'm saying. It's it's too much. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, approach. Go ahead. I I think you have to be nuanced in that view, because I think Afos is hitting on something that sometimes your perception affects your intention right like the yes. pers- the way you perceive um life is gonna affect the intention in which you speak so if you are a hurt person you're gonna see the world through her eyes you know what i mean and it may come out as malicious without intentionally being put out there to hurt somebody you know what i mean like you're acting out of your own hurt or you're acting out of your own triggers right like you haven't you have unrevealed un healed yeah traumas that are living in your heart so now you're seeing something and you're taking it one way when really that wasn't that's not maybe the intention of somebody else that would have seen that situation you know what I mean and Mm. I know I had to check myself a couple of times and be like what's my intention here you know what I mean like am Mm. I really looking at this in an unbiased way and a big reason why a lot of people haven't heard me speak publicly about my breakup I was like I know that my intention here is through hurt. So anything that I'm going to say right now is going to be viewed through that lens. And I, do, I feel like I would regret it later, yeah. you know, having let that fall through my mouth. Which and is I don't think wise. 
you know, uh, I try. I mean, it's wise. I think I know myself enough to know that I can be very spicy at the mouth. And not everyone is that self-aware. I think um, everyone but I know- on, this, on this podcast that's listening knows too now. I'm very passionate about a lot of things and I feel very deeply about the things that I speak. And I know this about myself. So I try to make sure that I am intentional about when I open my mouth. Which but is- I don't think everyone is that self-aware. It takes a little bit of theory, therapy, yeah. a little bit of like, you know, going deep into yourself and really knowing yeah. who you yeah. are. Self-awareness, yeah. For sure. And I think that that is like more people need to have that type of awareness with their self. And in that situation, because whether a person's like that or not, if they are like that, you reacting to what you saw, whether it be through a skewed lens or not, approaching the person versus telling everybody, even when you're in the wrong, if you're in the wrong, it does way less harm than you telling everybody. And then all of a sudden you're like, dang it, I was totally seeing that wrong. But guess what? It's too late now because now everybody's going to be like, oh man, if Os is a cheater, like he just out here cheating. So I agree with what you're saying. I think that what you said kind of makes me even be more like, yeah, like talk to that person or don't say nothing. If it doesn't have to do with somebody else receiving harm, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Or if it's not a business type thing, I'm talking spe- yeah. specifically like personal stuff, you know? Yeah. I think yeah, you yeah. also have to be aware of who you're receiving the information from, like not just what you're saying, but like, if you're somebody who's like, you're a known leader, like be aware of the type of person you're talking to, because there are going to be certain people that come to you speaking from a certain kind of lens and you have to take that into account. Oh, not sure. that their feelings aren't 100%. valid and their experience wasn't valid, but sometimes the way you, do problem solving from that point changes, right? Yeah. Of I know this person is very easily triggered. Like let's maybe work with them on coping mechanisms in the dance scene so they don't feel unsafe anymore. While still having a talk with the other side of it of like, you need to be aware that what you're doing right now may be, you know, causing people to feel this way. Okay. And also just to add to that, we need to be more aware of the fact that the people we're gossiping about are people. Like sometimes the dance scene gets so big that we forget yeah. We objectify people, especially artists. Like we think of 100%. them as like people mm-hmm. we see on the screen without any sort of personal lives. And I feel like we need to do a better job of realizing that a lot of those people are going through some really intense things that they don't put out there because their public image is their business. So they have yeah. to maintain a certain sort of public image. And so when you're hearing gossip about them and spreading it around and like sensationalizing it, you are contributing to somebody else's possibly um mental health struggles like be kind about what you like what you let drop out of your mouth and consider the other people on the other side of that it's like fire or a knife those two it's like fire or a knife that can be used good or bad i agree yeah i guess the next question would be what is the the fix the fix fix? hit us with it jesse gossip more and less Be, so I translation be be discerning when it comes to the gossip. <laughs> um if you can verify it beforehand, um check your inner circles and their inner circles to see if the information is true or not before determining before you try to spread it. But also um but yeah, sometimes some information needs to be put out there so that it's 
so we are not caught lacking. And for those who do not understand, caught lacking is basically we do not want always to be after the fact that something happened rather than before. Not reactive. Be be proactive instead of reactive. Yes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The power of the word is a very, you know, words are Mm -hmm. very powerful tool. So Mm -hmm. I guess the the takeaway from this episode episode is be um, very discerning. Like Ifosa said, be mindful of how you're using that tool, whether it is constructive or destructive, um, because you have the potential to cause great healing or great harm either way. Yeah, for sure. With that said, I think we out. Peace. Deuce. Hey, that's all we have for today. Thank you for listening to the Brazilians of No Cap podcast from your host, Archie, Jamiel, Ifosa, Amber, and Jesse. Muito obrigado. And until next time, Stay up.